Hi there, this is Amanda and you are listening to The Vining Perspective. Today is a daily drop. Dailies are typically between 5 and 10 minutes and are focused around thought leadership, inclusive to RevOp, sales, senior leadership, and business development. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday. I have calls from 6 a.m. today, so it is 4.15 a.m. in my world. I have drank a lot of espresso, hence the excitement in my voice. Sorry, I just kind of burped a little bit there. Excuse me, I'm way too lazy to edit this early, so I'm not going to take that out, but bear with me. I am talking today about leadership. I don't think I switch it up enough for you guys on this podcast, so I thought I'd just take you on a new bipolar trajectory, which is talking about senior leadership. So before I do that, though, I do just want to give everyone a heads up on something that absolutely blew my mind last night and gave me more comfort with the fridge anyone's been thinking of me since you've listened to Friday's rant about a refrigerator that went on for about 12 minutes, clearly a call for help. I have great news, which is the fact that watching Kyle Richards and Mauricio from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, they just bought a crazy expensive new house. And in that house, they're redoing different parts of it just to make it more their own. Mauricio is clearly a real estate mogul. He owns the agency. He sells houses that are like 50 to $150 million. Their fridge was sitting proud, even prouder than mine. And if Mauricio can be okay with it, I felt like I have to be okay with it. So I'm actually kind of feeling better about that today. Probably that or the fact that I just sure as hell can't afford to change it right now. So one or the other, I just kind of felt like a little weight was lifted. So I did want to share that for those who are worried about my mental health. Thank you. But before As I go on, and I know I just digressed a little bit there, I am going to be talking about some different leadership lessons. So I know I talked about in my kind of bio that I do this. I think I've done a few, but I've been more sales-centric except for guest speaker series. Today, I'm going to give you some of my tips on leadership. And some of it will be senior inclined, but then some of it is just kind of some basic stuff that everyone needs reminders on. So I'll remind you of one of the things I talk about a lot, which is the everyone's problem is their biggest problem. And I know that I did that in an early podcast before I got a mic or started having any cooking clue what I was doing and just recording into my computer. But that one I did talk about one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned as a person. So some of this is kind of related to that, and then some of it's going to be completely different. But the nuts and bolts of that one, if you haven't listened, is really just around the fact that whatever someone is going through in that moment is real to them. So whether you're going through a lot more, whether it's in your personal life, your professional life, your day-to-day, when you meet the conversation with, well, it's a comparison to what you're going through, either mentally or in what you articulate, you're automatically going to be putting a wall up and that person is either going to not trust you as their leader or not trust that they can be candid with you and have open dialogue and conversation. And I bring it up a lot because it was the biggest lesson for me, but I work really hard to not only pretend or act like I care or I'm concerned, but I actually do care and I am concerned of what is affecting them. Whether it is like my day or not, it isn't a day where I need to do a comparison or really have an alignment of how they feel. So I'd start with that's one of the biggest lessons I'd take is that every single thing I do, it doesn't matter who you are or what you need to talk about, I'm not going to be doing a comparison to what someone else has going on in their world 
or what they're going through, I'm just going to welcome it with respect and try to work with you on what that problem is. If people around you are doing that right now and they're really venting a lot and they're taking a lot from you emotionally, but they aren't necessarily finding solutions, you can remind them of that. So right now, especially people are spiraling. They're looking for control. They're looking for ways to find some sense of normalcy. So if you're dealing with someone on your team or someone who maybe is just a coworker, if you're not in leadership, that is really spiraling, I would encourage you to have a candid conversation with them and say, you know, I hope I can be honest with you. You've brought this to me many times over the last week or so. And I don't know how to fix it for you because like you, I can appreciate that everything in your normal world is spiraling and you're looking for those sense of controls again and you're looking for someone to help walk you through that. And I want to be that person, but walk me through how do I do that for you? What would actually make you feel better right now? Is there anything that I could do? And make sure you're then directing them back to the pathway of if they don't have a solution for themselves, if they don't know what can make them feel better, if they cannot articulate that, that you can't do that because them bring your dump every day and dumping all that venting and emotionally on you isn't fair to you either because it puts you in a super negative vibe for the rest of the day and you feel really helpless. So don't be afraid to take on the stress that they're going through and welcome it and receive it and try to be consultative of how they could approach it, but also don't allow yourself to just be that like confessional where they can dump everything on you to try to make themselves feel better, but in the process, they're making your day a whole lot worse. So it's okay to go back and say, I need to be constructive here though. We can't do this every day where we just vent it out. We need to come up with some solutions that we can work on and I can work on as your leader to actually see improvements. The next thing I want to talk about here then is knowing what intrinsically motivates every single solitary person that reports to you is critical to becoming a great leader. One of the biggest misconceptions that people make is they relate the language of what resonates for them in their career path to those around them. So it's the same as those books about like, what is your love language? And they say that some people are really motivated by gifts and some people really want attention and affection. And there's all these various ways that people can essentially receive love or give love. I think it's kind of the same as your career path. You know, you are in leadership, especially you're in this position where you want to motivate people on how they feel recognized because ultimately who you report to will mean your career happiness. And people will, if they love their leader, remain loyal to that company or that person almost more than anything and not want to go. So if you've had tons and tons of people within your direct team transition roles, part of it might be a coincidence and they were doing something else. And part of it is unfortunately taking that hard look in the mirror and saying, what could I do differently? And my assumption is it probably has a whole heck of a lot to do with, were you able to understand the intrinsic motivations for the people that you manage? And where am I going with this? Some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by helping right? They genuinely want to help someone, whether they want to help educate them, they want to help them get from where they're going to another place, they want to help them be more strategic. They want to help other people in some way, shape, or form. And obviously the biggest examples being people like the incredible and amazing 
uh, essential workers now, whether they're nurses, doctors, firemen, police officers, et cetera, right? So thinking about what is the intrinsic motivation of every single solitary person that you manage, and then basically being like a chameleon and managing that person 100% around what their intrinsic motivation is. So if I have someone that is motivated by recognition and I know that it's going to mean more to them to get that time on stage or speak at that conference. I'm going to make sure that that person that I see up and coming or on my team gets that moment. I have had many, many, many of those opportunities. I don't need to be the one who's doing that session. I could go ahead and give that moment to someone on my team who's intrinsically motivated by recognition. If it's compensation, obviously there's only so much you can do there, but you want to know what their financial goal is for the year. You want to make sure that they're inclined to hit that goal and that they have an opportunity to do so. If it's knowing that they did a good job, making sure that you tell them regularly that they're doing a great job. If it is helping people, making a difference, making sure that you manage them in a way that relates the great work that they do to the difference that they made. And I like to think that after being in leadership now for about a decade or so, that I've got the ability to really know especially for the people closest to me and on my team, what at least a couple of their most intrinsic motivators are. But there are some people out there that have two or three, or maybe they kind of aren't sure for themselves, or you're not sure. I would highly recommend sitting down with, whether it's a new team or it's a more senior team, you could easily go out right now and say, I am really working on myself in this period of transition. You know, we're all trying to reimagine our businesses, ourselves, our future, our careers, and I want to be a better leader to you. And before I do that, I think one of the things that's really important is that I understand what intrinsically motivates you as a person so that I can make sure that I'm doing my best job in being your leader. And they will likely tell you, you know, I'm motivated by being able to make an impact on blank or my long-term vision is why. They'll give you an example. And then it's your job as their leader to make sure you're really aligned with that. You know, I look at my team and I have such a mix. I have people that are intrinsically motivated by doing a great job and making a difference for our company overall. I have someone else who is definitely recognition-driven, wants to win that award, wants to have that speaking engagement, wants to be present, and wants to make sure that their work is credited to them. I have money-driven individuals. I have individuals that are dedicated into some form of balance, uh, both mentally and ability to travel and enjoy things a bit. I have different people, but I manage them all very differently. I reward them differently. I speak to them differently, and I make sure that their visions and goals for what motivates them are aligned to their career path here. So if I had to say like, what is my biggest, biggest leadership advice? That's probably it. And if you're going to go out and you're going to encourage this feedback, I need you to hear me on this. You are opening yourself up to the vulnerability of taking constructive criticism in and not doing it in a way where you're going to be offended because none of us are perfect leaders. None of us are able to be psychic into what someone's response is going to be, and none of us are able to not feel emotional or stressed or even anger when someone says something that is harsh about us. 
But you need to walk into the conversation you're about to have with your new team, your existing team, your coworkers around you, if you're talking through leadership, about you are doing this to be better. Ask them the necessary questions that you need to that I just described about the motivations, but don't be afraid to follow it up with. It is so important for me to keep you on this team and for you to be happy here and at work. I don't see us getting through the other side of everything that we need to get through without you there. And I want you here and I want you happy and I care about you. How can I improve? What could I do differently as your leader to make you feel confident and comfortable in doing that? And you might get feedback that you don't want to hear, but it will make you better. And the feedback that I have been given in some of the hardest moments, it has not always been rainbows and butterflies. I have definitely gotten hard feedback from leaders that I admire that felt really defeating in the moment. And I've had hard feedback from people that I manage, that I love and care about very much, that kind of stung in the moment. But when I took it, I mean, I've even had hard feedback in surveys. I've read something on Glassdoor once that made me change my entire approach to how I can conduct myself at work. I mean, it's hard and it stings and it even feels emotional at times because it's not who you want to be, but it is how you're being perceived. I would highly recommend to encourage it and not have fight it and everything in your body of having any type of response other than thank you for being honest with me. I really appreciate that. I'm going to take it away and I'm going to digest it and I'm going to come back to you on how I'm going to change it. And if you do that and you really do it, you can become so much stronger because what they will give you is, whether it's hard to hear or not, a reflection of what you're giving them and you can improve it. So that's what I'll leave you with today. I'm going to be mixing more of these leadership ones in as I go. Um, But as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe, to rate, and to comment if you can. And please continue to give feedback to the inbox. It really means so much to me whenever you do. Thank you. 